Hey, it's Iyama. And Regina Hall. And welcome to Head Boss in Charge. Feed into my bosoms. Right? <laughs> the only thing I saw that, when I was like, when she talks shit, like sitting across from somebody on the couch, she'd be like, you don't really want this. I'm like, oh. She was on The Breakfast Club last week, and I really need to watch it. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's going to get your whole life and mine, and I don't even know if I'm going to watch it. Uh, oh, and um, Auntie Jennifer mm, is also on The Breakfast Club, too. Oh, hers was like a month or so ago, so I watched mm-hmm. most of hers. Yeah, I'm halfway through. Oh, it's like going to church every time I listen to her. She's so, like, dramatic, but in a good way that's meaningful. Mm-hmm. It's all crazy, crazy, crazy. And then you get the word. She didn't even leave a chance for them to ask questions. <laughs> she took over the mic the whole time. That's She's okay. like, okay, babies, I'm done. Okay, well, they're all, I guess we are too. <laughs> um, okay, so we are here for a non-traditional episode called A Sup. And if you're a new listener, um, the last sup was a while, but A Sup is a stand-up meeting. So... We get, we got no time for, you know, chit chat or dilly dallying. We're just going to do a stand up meeting um, and get right into the topic. All right. So speaking of which, so today we're going to talk a little bit about transition. Um, our, this sounds like overly prepared. I'm like, our, our guiding document is a HuffPost article that I ran across called um, Eight Tips for Navigating Life's Transitions. We're just going to cover a few of those. And maybe talk about how we navigate transitions and um, if there's stuff that we, other stuff that we want to say in terms of transition. And this, this doesn't mean just work or career. It can mean like relationship transmission, uh, transmission, um, transitions, either. <laughs> I know you don't want those kind of transmissions. Um, the relationship, either romantic or non-romantic, familial, friends, etc. cetera. Um, it can be moving to a new area. It can be changing the way that you want to navigate the world and kind of relooking at your personality, or if you want to become a person who, you know, starts to kind of engage with taking care of your body and wellness. So there's a lot of transitions out there. So I don't want folks to think like, oh, transitions, you only transition in your career. I think there's lots of opportunities for us to transition, recreate ourselves in a variety of ways. And to be clear and not really funny, um, that we are not experts in, because there's also transitioning from gender, right? Yeah. And that's a whole, comes with a whole, you know, slew of things. And we're not experts on that, at that. We're yeah. just talking about transitions in life, yeah. um, not transitions in gender. Yeah. I feel like we should have to do all that we do, the thing that other podcasts do. They're like, we're not professionals on this. So if you have questions on those, please seek professional medical advice from your uh care provider yes um all right so um the first one is um again these are eight tips this isn't like rocket science this is a huffington post article so let's just call it it's just it's an article that i ran across and i was like oh this is meaningful as i am preparing for my own transition which i'm not ready to share um uh on the show at present but the first one is realizing that transitions are inevitable like they're going to happen whether or not you want them to so yes (laughs) i accepted that i would say that i've gone through two really big transitions in my adulthood and definitely after the second one i said yeah of course just the nature of my being i like hopping around and doing different things so i think sometimes i force the transitions here i'm I'm not comfortable i want to move on but yeah the um, this this 
first one reminds me of uh, when people try to try to work so hard to avoid the bad stuff or avoid the negative stuff. Like you plan, 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 you know, cross your T's, dot your I's, put money over here, money over there, you know, evaluations, you're on track. Like you do everything in your power to be, you know, to be on track, but it's life. That's how the universe works. You're going to go through a pitfall, uh, whether it's you prolong it or whether you just let, just say, Hey, let it come at me. Um, and then it will come. Like a, a little shoulder should be, Hey, let it come at me. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. I just got a flashback to Jennifer Love Hewitt and I know what she did last summer when she's like outside of her car and she's like, come and get me, Run, come and get me. Like she's like screaming at the monster, begging the guy to get him. So yeah. I'm gonna nod my head, don't know that movie. Evil I will barely, come, inevitably. I barely knew who she was when you said her name. Um, I think she has dark hair. That's about as much as I can. Well, that's, that's one for one. Okay, there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I am a person who likes to plan like spontaneity, which obviously is the opposite of that, of uh, being spontaneous is planning. Um, but I am a person who, like, I like the transition stuff of, um, like, jobs, because I tend to get antsy after, um, uh, literally, honestly, like, a few years of doing something. I'm like, okay, I'm getting antsy. Like, I don't want to do this. Not that I have a mastery, but I'm like, okay, I'm done with this. Like, what's next? Um, either throw something else at me or put me in something else altogether different and then let me go from there. But yeah, I think recognizing that it's going to happen, it becomes less of a jarring, like it takes over every aspect of your being type thing. So right. while that is like the world's simplest tip, like it's not even a tip, it's just like it's going to happen. I think it's helpful to remember that it's going to happen. Um, and then also remembering that you are going to make it just like you made every other made it through every other transition, although it may not look like how you want it to, you're going to make it through. There's going to be another side of it. Mm -hmm. so, Ask yourself. Um, let's see. The second tip is uh, seeing transition as another choice. Instead of being passive and letting changes occur, try to be active by anticipating what could happen, how you could make it better, and how to solve problems as they surface. Yes, I really like that one. I would say... You know, I would like to acknowledge on this podcast, too, that I'm going through a major, major return of Saturn transition. It's been going for three years. Um, hopefully, I'm at the end of it. But I've definitely learned this lesson. I think I've always known it, but it really came at me where I knew that I was in this kind of long transition phase, like this rut, if you will. And to quote Auntie Jennifer a little bit, if you sit in shit too long, mm -hmm. it starts, you know, it starts to sink. Um, and that's an example of that passiveness. Like sometimes the universe will give you the tools. They will give you the, just really the, the tools and the signs. Yeah. And then it's up for you to go through. There's, there's no, I can't think of any phenomena, even down to like a scientific level where the organism, us, doesn't finish the rest of the process, right? Yes, mm -hmm. some of it is inevitable. It's part of the grand design. But then, you know, the universe or God or whoever you believe is saying, hey, here you go, run with it. And then it's a choice. Yeah. It might not be the choice you like or want. Yeah. Um, or maybe you have all these choices. Hopefully that's the case. Right. Hopefully. Um, you know, it's funny when you said that I um, posted on my, my individual um, Instagram last night, the 
what we often fear, what we often fear is often what we need the most. And so as you were saying that, I was thinking like, when the universe gives you all of the things that you, they like, they're all here, like, here's all the ingredients. And here's the like list of things that you can do with the ingredients. And you look at their, like, it's like, well, you're giving me all the stuff for a cake, but I still don't have a cake. But like, you're, you have all the stuff, you have a cake in front of you. It's your job to do the mixing and read the stuff and actually do the work to make it happen. Yes. Um, so that was very young. You have to do the work um, to make it all happen. So yeah, um, let's see. I think being an active rather than a passive, like it's the things are happening to me as opposed to I have the ability to make some things happen um, is I think it's an easy place to fall into. Like all these things are happening to me. People are doing these things to me, um, but trying to internalize like what do I have control over and how do I move in a direction so I feel like I'm going where I want to go. And it may not be exactly at the end of the day where I thought I was going, but I have an ability to control some of the narrative or the conversation around that. Mm -hmm. um, oh, just one more little thing to add is um, a good sign of when I feel like you, you the individual, um, is in tune with the universe is um, I've definitely had at least one transition where it didn't feel like things were happening at, happening to me. I, I just kind of went through it. It felt like I was completely in control of the transition. Like there was nothing that kind of came sideways. And I think that's a sign of like when our when we're in tune, right? Like we were constantly listening and to ourselves and to the outside. And then in hindsight, when you look at the transition, it's yeah, you were just constantly listening to the tools that were given being given to you, and it seems seamless. Mm. Yeah. I'm trying to find that sweet spot of a place right now. Oh, anywho, that's my own stuff. Um, let's see. Another tip, if you find that anger or sadness or some other strong emotion is holding you back, acknowledge the emotion. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's just funny. I was, because last night I was listening to, you know, um, uh, Auntie Jen's uh, interview on the um, Breakfast Club. And one of her beginning points was just that with this millennial generation, they're very angry, they're very sad. And she makes it a point to say, feel it. Just feel how you feel, but don't just sit in it. Don't just, you know, feel it and then don't do anything with it, but then use that as momentum or motivation to keep pushing through the transition, especially if it's a very difficult one. Mm -hmm. um, so it's about um, using your internal resources. I mean, actors do this all the time. They use the pain, artists, they use the pain that they're going through to, to put out a message or put out um, a beautiful piece of art or self-expression. Mm -hmm. So I'm very accustomed to that. and. Um, right now, just more specifically, I, you know, I've been in this negative depression kind of rut, but I didn't know how to use it for motivation. <laughs> it was, it was uh, ironic because part of the feeling that I have is I don't feel like I can move forward. So what I did instead, and I'm very privileged to have this, is that um, I'm in a ton of projects right now and I'm using that emotion to put forth uh, my artistic expression. Okay. 
Other people, maybe you have sports or running or some kind of activity, but if you can't do it for work, maybe you can use it for something else. Yeah. Uh, I was going to say I use running for this a lot. Um, so thanks for acknowledging the, the other ways that people use it if we are not, those of us who are not artists um, in that way. I think this one is also a reminder as I think about um, acknowledging the emotion is not holding it to yourself. Because I think that is a place where it can become toxic. Toxic if you if all you do is you have all of this pent up feeling, be it anger, sadness, whatever, and you hold it all to yourself. I think there's there's a literal toxicity to it in terms of like this is how people become physically ill, and some of those ailments um, they manifest in either um, your body breaking down or the development of disease. Um, but I say this is an opportunity to, if you have resources to talk to like a friend or a therapist would be great. Um, there's lots of places out there that you would be surprised that are, that are really low, low and inexpensive if you don't have medical insurance that helps to cover those. Um, lots of clinics are community-based and have sliding scales based on income. If you're near, near a college or university, there are likely students who are um, of varying ages that can be, that serve in clinics that can help um, that serve the community at low or no cost. And it's not just for students, it's for community members um, because those folks are trained to be professionals later on. Um, so shout out to those folks who are committed to that work um, and the institutions who have clinics where they see non-students to help them manage and navigate all that life throws at us. So I think that's for me a reminder to check in with other people and don't just hold it all to myself. Um, and it can be, I have found it right now in the transition that I'm in a very vulnerable state to say like the truth of those things and the, the truth, truth of my struggle. Um, and I don't feel like I'm in a, a deep struggle, thankfully not at present, but it certainly feels like a struggle and it's sometimes insurmountable, but reminding myself like, okay, Shamina, you have, you're feeling in this place now. Um, and what are the resources that you can exercise to work through the feelings part as not a high feelings person? Um, and so for me, like right now, I am between therapists because mine moved, um, damn him. So I need to, I think it's time for me to kind of re-engage that piece of, you know, wellness and maintenance for myself to start to work through and talk through some of these things. Um, but that's kind of what I took from that one on Lord and Moss article. Okay. Um, so acknowledging it and then start reminding yourself that you can talk to people about it. Um, so yeah. Talking to people about it adds to that speak into existence mm -hmm. that we are both, you know, always talking about because um, usually the, the reason why an individual decides not to express the emotions is because they don't want it to be real. But if it's not real, then you're not progressing, you're not dealing with it. Yes. So speaking it into existence, as painful as that may be, actually moves us forward. Yeah. It moves you through, I feel like it moves, there's a moving through it as opposed to like, I'm trying to skirt around it by not talking about it, mm -hmm. but we have to, there's times when we have to move through it. Like, and at the end, when you get to the other side of that, you realize like there's a, there's a high level of resilience that you see in yourself, that you can do it. And that you, like, I always tell one of my friends, shout out to Victoria, like we all can do hard things. We just sometimes are reminded of different ways how those hard things impact us but we can all we do hard things all the time um obviously hard is relative depending on who you are and how you show up in the world but we do hard things and 
sometimes talking about stuff is the hard thing and acknowledging and being like, this hurts my feelings or this doesn't feel right um, or this makes me sad is where you are and that's you working through it. And there's no timetable. Ta it's not like three sessions and you should be done, um, but you work through it at a, at a, in a manner that like you work through, you know? And then you'll start to feel differently, but that takes everybody their own individual time. For sure. Um, let's see, another tip. If you're able to uh, break the transitions into smaller pieces, you may deal with them better. Mm -hmm. So uh, for me that as a person who is like super goal oriented and like I respond well to goals and accountability, like ridiculously well, if I, you know, if I have somebody who's going to hold me accountable, I'll use this a lot for my trainer. Although like the last session we have is basically like a life coaching session. Um, cool. Breaking things down so that I can see my small pieces of progress. So if I want to, and I'm just going to like put it in terms that I have used, um, in terms of working out and getting my body, you know, more where I want it to be, I have to think about, okay, in the long term, I want to be way down there. I'd like to be like X amount of pounds least. So how do I break that down into like actionable items that I can start now? Like, okay, first thing I can start is to think about what I eat before I eat it. Like literally every time I'm like, oh, I need a snack. Chances are I'm probably thirsty and I don't need a snack. So I've been saying that out loud at work. And I'm like, oh, I think I'm hungry. And I'm like, no, Shamina, you're probably thirsty. Go get some water. Which is weird for the people in my office who can't. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then I go get water and then I'm fine. Um, so, and then I think about like, okay, if I can do, get in all of my workouts this week and I'll get in my 10 to 12 miles that I run every week. Mm -hmm. So I have to break it down into smaller chunks and like acknowledge and celebrate like you did those 12 miles this week bitch look at you and then like the next week like so I, that's how I break things into smaller like mini goals so that I can see that I'm making progress every day as opposed to like my progress isn't seen until like four months from now when I'm at that weight of the goal weight that is made up anyway because who gives a damn I buy the clothes whatever um so yeah yeah um yeah it's interesting how this um this uh, aspect of transition that you mentioned is really just goal setting and setting up, you know, mini goals, short term, long term. But I guess um, one thing that's more apparent in this discussion is process, because mm -hmm. we, we did have talked about goals, goal setting before and uh, breaking them down into those milestones, um, so to speak but the process that you take to get to each one and to sustain the milestone that you reached previously is really important. Mm -hmm. um, so for me, I, I do the same thing. Um, I guess right now my head is just in terms of life transition. So uh, whether it's a move or usually it's changing jobs um, or career paths. And once I make the decision, <laughs> that's when the transition starts. Mm -hmm. And then I get pretty overwhelmed. So. I break it down in terms of, okay, let's look at the different facets of my life. Um, okay, so right now I don't have a job to go to, so let me apply for some jobs and um, start that process. And you could even break that down further. But then I think, okay, how will this job impact my living situation? So what do I need to do to prepare for that? Mm -hmm. um, and because 
you know, of course, a job is really indicative of, um, you know, your lifestyle and a living situation. Sometimes you have to set a time limit. So maybe looking at it backwards. So setting a time limit and saying, if I don't achieve this small step in this amount of time, then I won't be able to do this. Or maybe there's a fail safe. Sometimes transitions don't have fail safes. Mm-hmm. Um, but setting those timers is a way to protect you and um, raise the stakes a little bit. Yeah. I think as you say that, I was thinking about like some of the ways that we do this are having both worked in education primarily and like things are kind of set up in a very specific way in education. Like you do this, it looks like this, it looks like this, then there's that. Um, but I think in my mind, I have to start to think of like what are for me non-traditional ways of going about you know, either setting up my goals or working to achieve the goals or the process of transition. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so like one thing that I have been thinking about more in terms of like my eventual transition, because uh, like if you know me or if you don't, I'm trying to like at some point I want to transition out of higher education. I just want to do something different and focus on human resources. But I have been talking to like some mentors for a while around okay, well then how do I figure out how to translate that and communicate that on a piece of paper? Um, Cause I know in person, like I'm good in person, like get me in the room that I'm good. Like I get, I nailed it, but it's just getting that first step. And so we've been talking about like, for me, what is slightly non-traditional, which is very much a privilege is like, okay, well maybe going through an agency is the way to go. Like maybe starting there so that folk, that you can get help fine tuning and communicating your skill set in a way that businesses and corporations will understand it so it's translatable. That's really um, smart. <laughs> so, say that again? That's really smart. I, I always, I, I knew that, but I always forget about that. Right? Like, there are whole companies, there's whole industries that do this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm like, I just have never had to consider that because things look like this and this and this. And, and the field, the field of, you know, higher education is so small. It's not that small. Um, but yeah, like, duh, people do this every day. People make millions, if not billions of dollars, like helping people, you know, get to the path that they want to go and helping them communicate the things that they want to share with an employer, et cetera. And I'm like, you, like, what the hell, Shamina? Like, get it together. I've actually worked with a, a recruiter before um, for a good set of jobs and then decided, nah, it's not for me. I'm just going to do net, some networking because um, I'm like i I'm slowly gaining more confidence in the asking anybody for whoever, doesn't matter uh, for whoever. I mean, <laughs> okay. whoever for whatever, um, regardless of my degrees of separation from them. But anyways, um, with the recruiter, what I love about it is especially transitioning to another industry, like the key thing is taking control of your narrative, mm-hmm. right? So even if you're working with a recruiter, you still have to, of course, divulge everything, but the it's the recruiter's job to use those buzzwords that are so great on the other side and then translate it, um, which is awesome. Well, because even the other day I was reading an article, it was like the difference between a recruiter, a headhunter, and a hiring manager. Hiring manager was really the easy one. But like just the difference between those two and a recruiter who is an in-house recruiter as opposed to an agency recruiter as opposed to an industry recruiter. Oh yes, yeah, very different. I was like, like I knew those things, but then to see them all like kind of wrapped in one article that it was like layperson's term, like 
very um, uh, accessible, the, the language that was used. And I was like, oh, okay. Just things that I just haven't, haven't been used to. So um, some of that, just to kind of circle back around and close that loop is um, to think about the ways that um, maybe non-traditional in the sense um, and then just start asking people, like you said, asking people regardless of the degrees of separation that you have, but like asking people for help and understanding, which is not one of my strongest areas. Um, and it can be, it feels really humbling to be like, I don't know this. Can you, I, I need help. Um, and I have yet to have run across someone who said no, which I'm like, why haven't I been, why don't I ask for help in these other ways? So, um, black thing, such a woman thing. Like yeah. those are some of our, our crutches. Yeah. So it's just, it's been refreshing and it's been there all along. I know that it has, and I just haven't exercised it. Um, so now I'm like, okay, Shamina, these are out here. Utilize them. Like work it out. Oh, man, I wish I knew the lyrics to the song. <laughs> work it out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mary, no, Mary J. Beyonce? And uh, uh, Beyonce. Beyonce, right, okay. Uh, I was like, just Beyonce, come on. <laughs> um, one thing that you said I just wanted to highlight, too, is going back to your comment about, yeah, I've been in education, higher education for a while, and I'm just used to seeing things. Like, there are just things that are already set up in that industry if we're going to continue to move forward. And you can say that for any industry, I think, but it's so easy to just think linear. And yeah. the most successful transition is to step outside your comfort zone, think of uh, multiple different resources, tools, different directions you can go. And then sometimes I think this is most helpful when you have two decisions that you don't like or three pathways that you don't like, but the universe gave them to you and sometimes you have to step outside yeah <laughs> think so linear and think about the best possible option even though they're all bad for you at that moment yeah you know I am I am among the upper echelon of linear thinking unfortunately um, <laughs> <laughs> upper echelon yeah, I am like it is a, a a very skill a skill that I have that I'm trying to release um because of like just being ingrained in like things look like this and this is how you go forward. Now, mind you, I've kind of jungle gymmed a little bit around, like in terms of positionality and whatnot and the things that I've been doing, it, it hasn't been like a straight to the top or a straight upward climb. Um, but yeah, it's it, there's such an even mindset around like the linear thinking of this is how it should be. Um, and, and then you, if you think about the people that you surround yourself with, and it kind of makes me think like, oh, I need to switch up my circle some because we're probably all thinking this way, which is why I'm thinking this way and feeling us stuck, mm -hmm. if you will. Because it's like this mindset of like, oh, it looks like this, feels like this, this is the only way to go, this is what you should do, or you ain't shit, or, or you don't believe, or you're not committed, you know, which is all loaded language, if you will. But, because um, I'm like, how are you gonna tell me what works for me? You're not. Um, so I have to realize that everybody can't go on that journey and that transition with you. This isn't even a tip, but, everybody can't go on that transition or journey with you because they're just not designed to go with you because you will have the people who are the naysayers like are you sure and it's not even a are you sure 
because I care about you. But it's like, are you sure? Because I don't, I don't know that you can do it because I, don't, I haven't done it or I don't know anybody else who's done it. Well, first of all, you don't know the God I serve. And it is, I don't want to get to preaching right now, but don't hold me back for something that you couldn't figure out how to do. Because um, I'm going to try to do it. And we are different people. We're, uh, so off bat, we're going to approach things differently. People are going to receive us differently, good, bad, or indifferent. But I've been really thinking about um, the people who are the naysayers and like having the disconnect from the naysayers in my world. Um, uh, because I've, I've recently come around a few naysayers. I mean, ain't nobody hating on me. Like, and if they are, that's none of my business. That's theirs. But I've, I've run across a few people who have been like, oh, are you sure you can do that? I don't know. You can like questioning what I can do as shit that I'm actually really good at. And I try, to, I try to be a strengths person. So I try to focus on the things that I'm good. So I don't need to get good at all the other like, stuff that I'm not. Other people do those things. Yeah. Um, Sorry. Oh, I was just going to say. And then I did the, the very things that I was being questioned about. And then there was like no acknowledgement. I was like, okay, I see you. You thought that I couldn't do it. And I did. And then you didn't. I didn't need you to say anything. But I'm just going to go ahead and let my actions speak louder than my words. Mm-hmm. and so there's that but yeah everybody can't go with you on a transition it's not that's not how it's set up and that's not how not not how it's designed and that's not good that's not bad that just is everybody ain't gonna make it to the next season so i feel like a very Medea tyler perry moment right. <laughs> <Housewives. laughs> not gonna make it to the next season right yeah i mean it's funny because there is a track on everything is love about that about that exact concept Oh, yes, yes, yes. I've been binging that like crazy. So since our last episode, I have probably listened to it at least 30 times, the whole, the album in its whole. And, you know, it takes me a while to, even at the point we talked about in our episode, it takes me a while to let lyrics sink in because I'm such a music person. So I'm letting all the like, you know, the beats and the, you know, the rap and the rhyming, all of that is, you know, um, at the surface for me. But the lyrics, yeah, this past weekend, the concept you're talking about was it's a hybrid between boss that song mm-hmm. and um who um a, a little bit friends too because it's about like kind of not everyone's going to be you know part of this journey or this transition it's just dabble that theme is dabbled out throughout the album um it's awesome yeah, I, I didn't have any that the last points. And the last point wasn't even in the article, but it was just a, like, this is true. Everybody ain't gonna make it, so. Yeah. Um, and I guess the last thing I want to say that it was something that you brought up is transitions. Um, I think we try so hard to, yeah, make the best. Well, no, let me say it this way, is that it feels very comforting when, at least for me, when I know I'm going through shit <laughs> and I'm going to feel that shit, but know that at the other side, something better is going to come out of it. Mm-hmm. And I, I kind of view our transitions as like a, like an antibiotic or like a, like a, me- a sort of medicine, right? So we go through something, um, like our body gets attacked by something, we inject our medicine, we have to go get a little weaker, um, and then we get stronger and we get rid of it. Sometimes it will come back, but mm-hmm. you already have the antibiotic or the vaccine to get rid of it again. Mm-hmm. So yes, transitions are gonna keep going throughout your life and 
there's always going to be that one new transition you've never tackled before, but then trust that you've already built up the immune system mm-hmm. in the past. And now it's just like a Rubik's cube. You just got to figure out which way to turn and twist and dip. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> to, um, to solve it. And every time it makes you a stronger person. Yeah. You, you're, you're more equipped to respond um, actively as opposed to be a passive like recipient of stuff. So yeah, when you said that, I thought of the medicine and I was like, oh, you built up the immunity part that you said and you're, be- you're more prepared to respond. It's gonna, you're gonna get better with each transition. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have more tools. You're gonna be able to recognize, okay, this is an actual transition and there you go. Okay. Wow. Stand-up meeting is adjourned. <laughs> Um, and yeah, we'll be back with our regular uh, scheduled episode and themes and bosses and bitches and games maybe in two weeks. How do they find us? Oh, so you can find us. Oh, I guess I'll do the exit. (laughs) Uh, You can find us wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on Stitcher, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and SoundCloud, of course. Uh, rate us if you listen to us actively you know give us a review comment interact with us on our socials we're on facebook twitter and instagram and then of course email us at headbosspodcast at gmail.com with any questions games um ideas concerns just anything you want money right okay. uh, and, and we'll see you in two weeks bye, bye.